Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Guess what, everybody? I cried in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> did you cry in this episode, Henley? I know you did. I cried in this episode. I cried in this episode only mainly when we talked about chiropractors. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you guys have a lot to look forward to. But before we get into that, uh, we got to thank some people that make us cry happy tears. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they are our new patrons. We got a couple new champions for actors' rights. They are Stephanie Madera and Kenneshaw Pearson. Welcome. We're so glad to have you here fighting for actors' rights alongside of us. Mm -hmm. Uh, We also have a couple new vessel heads, Brayden Beckstrand and Connie Nichols. Welcome aboard uh, sailing boats and stuff with us out in the open (laughs) water. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> toot toot. <laughs> That's what a That's boat, what a horn boat does. makes, right? A toot toot. Toot toot. Um, okay. <laughs> next up, next up, we have our newest members of Tony fucking Colette's inner circle. Welcome to the collective. You are our favorite people in the world. We love you so much forever, so much. starting now. So much. Um, Melissa Prado, DJ Big Pig. Whoa, can't believe DJ Big Pig joined the race. Thanks. Woo-hoo. Uh, Flora Simons, Charles Ham, Heather Williams, Katie Cariello, Emily Milligan, Crystal, Helen Rosen, and Ethan. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We're so happy to have you. Next up, we have a couple people who were patrons previously, but have now upgraded. Um, and those two folks are Alec B and Jose Taylor. We love you guys. Also, we started loving you a while ago. We still love you and we'll continue loving you forever. Honestly, the love never ends. The more love you give, the more love you get. And that is just how (laughs) we feel about our our motto. (laughs) You can take that to the bank. (laughs) What? I'm just saying phrases now. (laughs) We just needed a a good laugh after the movie you're about to hear about because, oh, Oh boy, it was an emotional. Yeah, you guys get the opposite. You get the laugh. You get the laugh first, and the cry second. So you're welcome, mm-hmm. and enjoy. This is Emily, Henley, and Sammy, and you're listening to Too Scary Didn't Watch. everyone welcome to too scary didn't watch the horror movie recap podcast for those too scared to watch for themselves i'm emily and i'm too scared to watch scary movies i'm henley and i'm also too scared to watch scary movies i'm sammy and i like watching scary movies so i watch them and i tell you about them do you a great service (laughs) and we're back after a week off celebrating (coughs) our freaking henley's wedding (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Henley is a wedding <laughs> Snuck the apostrophe S in there at the last second uh, It's what I meant to say the whole time for sure <laughs> Oh man, it really was the best I had such a good time It was so, uh, such an unbelievable weekend It really felt like so Everyone told me that getting married would feel really intense And they it, it delivered It was an intense feeling all weekend I just felt like so much love from everyone And when it was over, I felt like Wait, I want to do it again But this time I want to like relax mm-hmm, <laughs> Yeah mm-hmm. I was yeah. so stressed the whole time Yeah um, It's a lot But It was just because like, you know, it's like you're just like hosting like a big party for like multiple days with like so many people. And everybody Mm -hmm. wants to talk to you. Yes. 
everyone, everyone's actually looking at you. I know that's what Tim's mom kept saying. She was like, usually you can just, you know, tell yourself, well, no one actually cares what I look like, really. But mm-hmm. unfortunately for you this weekend, that's not true. <laughs> no, everybody really cares. Everybody really cares. It's kind of the biggest thing. <laughs> but she looked great. Um, which was so stressful. Thank you. Um, Emily, I have to say my mom has said multiple times, like since, um, since last weekend she was like thank she'll just and like well it'll be quiet and then she'll turn to me and she'll be like thank god emily was there <laughs> because <laughs> truly emily really was just truly? a little like guardian angel going around like fixing everyone's clothes and getting she got me a safety <laughs> pin and then she'd be like i'm on it let's get her makeup done doing henley's makeup <laughs> i feel like everywhere i looked she was just like bam bam getting it done it was great <laughs> It was amazing. It's my favorite thing. My yeah, technically my mom was supposed to put my veil in my hair and she was stressed about it all morning. And then Emily was the one who really actually did it at the end of the day. <laughs> my mom was just like, I don't fucking know how to do this. Thank God Emily had was there. She just like kept saying it. And it's so it's so true. Like, seriously, also you like did my dress afterwards. You did the little bustle thing and you yeah, tied my I just bow. Saw, oh, that bow. I love that bow. I saw the pictures you just posted. I was like, ooh, look at that bow it looks great it's a beautiful dress it really i mean it was my pleasure and it was i kept saying like man i was so excited about this wedding it was like all we had been thinking for fucking two years it was like we just couldn't wait for this wedding and then it was better it like never happens do you know what i mean it really exceeded expectations it was genuinely the best weekend of my life expectations were so high but it was like no just kidding it's better because it's, it's happening just with everybody you love and it's the and it's the best oh my god great. and then sammy sammy you got to witness me being like it was real touch and go the day of my wedding which <laughs> i feel like of. happens I, uh, a lot that's a real all the time a real oh mistake that people make is getting too crazy at the rehearsal dinner i've seen it time and time again i've been mm-hmm. to quite a few weddings and almost all of them the bride and groom are hung over on their mm-hmm. wedding day and this mm-hmm. was no different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was no different. I was so hungover that morning and I really thought I was going to throw up everywhere. I almost threw up outside of the salon. Um, my mom had to drive home to get me a Xanax. So I take that. <laughs> Before my sister got me an insurer. It was like real because I have no tolerance after having a baby. And I yeah. knew that. And I've also been stressed and like not eating as much as I should be and it was right. just like the whole combination the nerves the empty stomach having like one too many drinks yeah and you're seeing everybody and you're socializing with everybody like that first night is always a party and so it's like how are you not gonna it, it, it's all I'm telling you my advice to any any brides out there or grooms anybody having a wedding pre-order an IV drip Reorder oh it my God. for your wedding day. Best case scenario, you don't need it. And you just get some extra electrolytes. Or, hey, I bet you somebody will. Somebody in the bridal party, some family member. Somebody's going to want it for sure. Reorder an IV drip for your wedding day. Cause, I hey. should have looked into that. I should have looked. I I just assumed it wasn't possible in Easton, Maryland, Oxford, Maryland. It probably was impossible, but... Um, I wish I'd had that on my wedding day. That's the only thing. But otherwise, perfect weekend. <laughs> perfect weekend. Pulled I pulled through. my shit. I you pulled my pull shit together. Through. I pulled through and, and had such night, an amazing time. Yeah, that night would, was also perfect. It was perfect. It all I took came my spanks off three quarters of the way through the night. Hell yeah. my purse. <laughs> um, I took my spanks off. I took my spanks off in the bathroom with Kath, our friend Kathleen. And Kathleen turned to me and goes, You know you can throw those out, right? And I was like, Oh my God, I can. I just threw them in the fucking trash. And it Love felt it. awesome. I took my spanks off um, out on the beach with our friend Caroline. <laughs> like, we could probably just walk over to this part of the beach and take our spanks off and nobody will notice. And maybe people did. I don't know. I was having a great time. That makes me very happy. That makes me very, very happy. Um, but we're going to have a reunion in Oxford, Maryland in, in 10 years. We're going to rent that Perfect. house again. And can't wait. Perfect. I can't fucking wait. 
I highly can't recommend the Eastern Shore of Maryland to anybody out there. It was beautiful, gorgeous. Mm-hmm. It was. Mm-hmm. It was. It was perfect. Lovely. Oh, I love you guys so much. Oh, I love you so I much. Love you so much. Oh. Wow. Let's segue into a movie that's going to make us feel really bad. It's going to take that Whoa. high, high, high that we're riding and and <laughs> knock us down all the way to the bottom. Oh, that's so great. What a great plan. I don't know what I was thinking. I like accidentally picked this movie and I feel like I made a mistake. <laughs> uh, the movie is Jacob's Ladder, directed by Adrian Lynn. Written by Bruce Joel Rubin, starring Tim Robbins, Elizabeth Pena, and Danny Aiello. It is streaming on Hulu. Um, And yeah, I had never seen it. I kind of texted a little list of options to you guys. And Henley was like, Jacob's Ladder, I've always been curious. And I think, yeah, you are probably going to regret it. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. Um, but this one just was recently requested. Um, it's been requested a few times, but it like got re-requested and it's so it like put it back in my mind and I was like, yeah, it's, I've never seen it. Um, I really, really liked it. Um, but it is of the type of horror that we, we talk about and we always have to mention Evan who likes horror that just makes you feel like shit. Oh no. (laughs) Like I just felt Mm -hmm. very sad Mm -hmm. watching this the whole time. Um, it has a 73% on Rotten Tomatoes, a 62% on Metacritic, and a 7.5 on IMDb. I feel like it's rare that IMDb is the highest rating. Kind of unusual. Yeah, um, the budget was $25 million and the box office, $26.1 million. So just, uh... <laughs> Squeaked ahead there. Ooh, yeah, just, just <laughs> Real close one. Barely making a little profit. <laughs> um, what do you guys know about Jacob's Ladder? What do you guys know about Jacob's Ladder? <laughs> <laughs> I think that I think I don't know how I know that it's really fucked up. I just feel like I I know that, and maybe it's one of the movies that I saw like the cover of in Blockbuster growing up because mm-hmm. it's what year did what year, what year was it made again? Yeah, 1990. It's um I know that it's a man struggling with PTSD and I think he was in Vietnam yep. and um that's oh, no. that's all I know. And oh, and no. honestly any movies about Viet- Vietnam really scare me no matter what. Yeah. They're, they're that's just a terrifying topic in general. I think this movie has the three scariest things in life which are oh god, <laughs> war. Losing a child. Sorry, Henley. No, no fuck. fuck. Unknowingly, you stumbled into this one and not trusting your own mind. Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a real oh, feel good, a real combination of feel good little things there. Yeah, I don't know anything about this movie. Um, it is a, na- a title I've heard many times, but I don't think I know like literally anything else. But I don't love what I'm hearing. <laughs> All I knew about it was the ending, which is funny, but I won't say. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Okay. Well, you will say eventually. I will say eventually. You better say eventually. <laughs> <laughs> it would be crazy if you didn't tell us the end. <laughs> uh, I got some trivia for us. Um, in a 2015 retrospective on the film, Tim Robbins said that one of the reasons he thought it didn't do well at the box office was how the film's violent, harrowing scenes in Vietnam didn't jibe with the national mood in the fall of 1990 during the run-up to the Gulf War, which I thought was interesting. Okay. Um, Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun-Times wrote that watching it left him reeling with turmoil and confusions with feelings of sadness and despair and called it a (laughs) thoroughly painful and depressing experience. But it must be said, one that has been powerfully written, directed, and acted. Okay. (laughs) I just thought you'd like that. That little (laughs) teaser. Um, it is also in the thousand and one movies you must see before you die. So cross another one off your list. Um, or me, you guys didn't see it. (laughs) Nope. This counts. This counts. This counts. Um, Adrian Lin, who is the director, turned, turned down directorial duties on the bonfire of the vanities so he could direct Jacob's Ladder and his first 
choice for the role of Jacob Singer was Tom Hanks, but by coincidence, Tom Hanks turned down the film so he could be in the bonfire of the vanities, which <laughs> I thought was funny. They really <laughs> passed like ships in the night. Ships in the night. <laughs> And actors who were uh, interested in playing the leading role were Richard Gere, Dustin Hoffman, Al Pacino, and Mickey Rourke. And wow. for the role of Jezzy, the the like lead actress in the film, um, they auditioned Jennifer Lopez, Andy McDowell, Madonna, Demi Moore, and Julia Roberts. The role eventually went to the very first person who auditioned, Elizabeth Pena. I've never seen Elizabeth Pena in anything else. Um, before but she was really good and she's like stunning <laughs> cool wow just paint a little visual for yeah, you i want to yeah, yeah i want to look up. her up mm-hmm. you tell me yeah. someone's stunning i gotta see yeah. this face. i gotta see this <laughs> let me let me see it um and for all the chiropractor scenes uh direct the director ensured there was a real there's a, a, a chiropractor through line in this movie and they ensured that there was a real chiropractor on set who would work with the actor danny a, a yellow play, plays the chiropractor so as to ensure authenticity and according to lynn chiropractors often approach him and thank him for going through the trouble of getting what they do exactly right and i will say as someone who loves going to the chiropractor it did look like exactly like what a chiropractor session was and just uh, that's good yeah that's a really appreciated it <laughs> yeah for a profession that's usually like made fun of and said isn't a real thing and they're not real doctors i'm glad that they're getting respect Well, they're not real doctors, but (laughs) that's true. (laughs) I love I love the chiropractor. Doctor or not. Some people don't love doctors. I'm just saying a chiropractor isn't one. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Where our chiropractor audience is unsubscribing. The whole point is that you you don't need to rub it in. Um, so that's all I got. Shall we watch this trailer? I guess so. Yeah. I'm <laughs> yes. stressed. I'm a little stressed. <laughs> okay. Every day, Jacob Singer goes to work. What's wrong? Uh, this is one of those days. And every day, he wonders what is happening to him. Maybe it's the pressure, Jake. They're like demons, Jess. What were they, Jake? Let me look at your hand. You have a very strange line. See, according to this, you're already dead. Something's wrong, Jake. They're coming after me. I don't know who they are or what they are, but they're going to get me, and I'm scared, Jake. I've seen them, too. The demons are real. He's running 106 feet. This is barbaric. I can get rid of the demons. Who are you? I can block the ladder. Where are you taking me? Where am I? Where do you want to go? Home. This is your home. You're dead. I'm not dead. What are you then? I'm alive. God damn it. Pretty fun stuff. No, I'm sorry. I made a mistake. <laughs> this is going to be tough. Also, any like hospital stuff really freaks me out. I got to say. Me too. Medical horror is really, really gross. This movie has yeah. everything. <laughs> Great. Oh, oh my God. Great. PTSD, dead child, medical horror, not trusting your own mind. Uh, something for fuck. Something for everyone to enjoy. Tim Robbins is great. You know what I know him best from? That movie about the hula hoop. Do you guys remember that movie? <laughs> what? That movie about a hula hoop? Yes. Never heard of no. it. Never heard. Not ringing any bells. It's like, it was a, I think it was like a TV movie. Fuck, I have to figure out what this movie is. I watched it like anytime I had a substitute at, at a certain point in in mm. um, high school. And and. And I thought it was like a just a silly like TV movie. And so I didn't think Tim Robbins was like 
a serious a actor. I thought he was like this TV movie actor. hula hoop guy. Yeah. yeah, and then it's like, no, he's like very famous and very well respected. The, the hula hoop movie is good. Hold on, I got to see this hula hoop movie. Also, that they would show it in a high school classroom seems. I'm curious about what why. And what's I, the and point I've of seen that? It so many times. Um, okay, what's this movie? What's this movie? I will say probably my <laughs> biggest takeaway from this movie was how much I loved Tim Robbins. I never have been a Tim Robbins fan, and he is so good in this, and he's like so charming and cute, and his little dimples. I was like. He's really charming with and cute. Tim Robbins. Yeah, I, I I never knew. I famously don't like Shawshank Redemption. So. I know. <laughs> Wait, well, I didn't know that about you, Sammy. How can you hate such a beloved film? I don't, I don't hate it. It's just I don't love it. <laughs> it's a little overrated. I think in your it's mind. a little overrated. Um, it's fine. It's yeah, it's just not one that I'll be watching again and again. The Hudsucker Proxy. Oh, you know what? I have seen that. I don't know what that is. Is it a Coen Brothers movie? The, it might be. It's and also it's like like fucking Paul Newman and Jennifer Jason Lee are in it. It's a very good movie, but I was like, this stupid hula hoop movie. What the fuck is this with all these people who don't matter? And it's like, <laughs> I think it is the Coen Brothers. Um, I don't, I don't know, but see the hula hoop movie. He's holding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do, I do. Um, I have seen that. It's been a while. I should rewatch it. But I should also rewatch it because now I'm a huge Tim Robbins fan. Great. I'll watch it. He's really charming in it. It is. It is. It's Coen Brothers and it's also written by Sam Raimi. Wait, what? Co written by Joel, Ethan Cohen, and Sam Raimi. We should do this as a bonus episode where we all watch it and we talk about it. Ahead, Zucker Proxy. Uh, well, sorry, I'm I'm going down a rabbit hole of that. <laughs> yeah, well, let's nostalgia. let's talk about this movie first. Yeah, okay. Um, Probably decidedly less fun, much less fun. But right, we must, we must. The show must go on. It must. It's the bleakest time of the year, so you know what that means. We deserve to get cozy on the couch, rewatch our favorite TikTok videos, and drink a goddamn glass of wine. If you ever struggle to pick out the right bottle, you will love our next sponsor, Naked Wines. Did you know that when you buy wine today, most of the money goes to things like fancy packaging, big budget marketing campaigns, and tax? That is crazy. Naked Wines is a subscription service that seamlessly connects you to the finest independent winemakers on the planet. So you get a box of the market's best quality wines, however often you'd like, for a fraction of the price. And hold on to your butts, you guys, because the deal they have for you is insane. Just wait. So how do they do it? Naked Wines connects winemakers and wine drinkers directly, allowing for vineyard-to-door delivery at up to 60% off what you would normally pay in a store. By cutting out the traditional retail middleman costs and markups, winemakers can pass those savings on to you without skimping on quality. I can't stop talking about Naked Wines. I love that their quiz matches you with bottles that you love, and each shipment includes wines they recommend based on your previous ratings. I'm currently loving their organic options, especially the Chris Condos Cabernet from Mendocino County, and they've been around for 10 years, and they fund over 90 independent winemakers. So with no commitments or membership fees, you can enjoy Naked Wines hassle-free. And the best part, every bottle is a passion project from an independent winemaker, so you're literally making an independent winemaker's dream come true. So head to nakedwines.com slash too scary and enter voucher in the top right when you get to the website and put in too scary for both the code and password to get six bottles of wine for just $39.99 with shipping included. That's $100 off and less than $7 per bottle. So that's nakedwines.com slash too scary and use the code and password too scary and grab six bottles for just $39.99. One last time, that's nakedwines.com slash too scary, code and password too scary for a hundred dollars off your first six bottles. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. So we start in Vietnam with a platoon kind of a group of men 
clearly all very close and friends. And then the siren goes off and they are under attack. And it's this very hectic, very violent scene where you just kind of get glimpses of um, people getting shot and stabbed. There's bombs going off. There's someone who's like all the skin is like falling off of his leg. And you see the like bone as he's like being dragged away to the medical tent. And some of the men are grabbing their own heads and screaming like my head, my head. And it's like all happening very quickly. So you don't like get a good um, grip on what's happening. But someone starts convulsing and like someone is grabbing their head. Um, And and then Jacob, Tim Robbins is our, our protagonist, and he is stabbed in the stomach with a bayonet. And as he is stabbed, it cuts to him waking up um, on a subway train. And now the year is 1975 and he wakes up like stressed and kind of looks around, checks his surroundings and sees that he's just on an empty train and um, he uh, gets off the train. And as he's getting off, he passes a homeless man that's under a blanket and from under the blanket comes like a tentacle looking thing. And he kind of looks at it. And then jumps like off to get off at that stop and is just a little disturbed by that. And then at the subway stop, there's no exit. It's like a a closed subway. And so he can't get out and he's stuck. And he sees on the opposite side of the su- of, of the tracks, you know, the, uh, the opposite um, side. And so he's like, I'll climb over there to see if I can get out that way which is very stressful. So he Uh looks both ways and climbs down into the um, subway tracks. And this is all like really gross and dirty. And there is fluorescent lighting and there's like rats and he's like stumbling in the tracks and it's like water, like dirty water dripping down on him. And a train comes and he uh like kind of freezes in it the headlights of the train and then wakes up again in a, an apartment and oh. um there's a woman there this is Elizabeth Peña her name is Jezebel he calls her Jezzy mm-hmm. and um i think he says something like oh i just had like a weird dream and she comes over and they kiss clear that they're together but there is some mention of his wife and he is recently separated and jesse is um not happy to hear the wife being brought up or something she's like oh like you're always talking about your wife like it's over between you guys jesse is not a very good girlfriend a good partner to a vietnam vet um, she is very unsympathetic. So she says something came for you. It is a package of photos from one of his sons brought it over. And he says, oh, which one? She's like, I don't know. You know, I can't tell them apart. Like it, she's like just a bitch about everything about his family. So he has two sons and a wife that um, he is estranged from, recently estranged from, it seems. And he pulls out the photos and he's looking at them and he is looking very um, lovingly and his little dimples are just like, he's like so happy (laughs) looking at his kids. And this is where I started falling in love with Tim Robbins. (laughs) (laughs) And then um, so his his sons are brunette and then he pulls out, he finds a picture of a little blonde boy. It's actually a young Macaulay Culkin. Who is uncredited in this film because this is pre Home Alone. Um, But he sees this photo and he just starts he starts crying and he Mm. like is wiping his eyes, says, oh, that caught me by surprise. Jesse comes over and says, like, what what happened? And he's like, oh, this photo of Gabe, I wasn't expecting this to be in here. And so we're gathering that this son has, or I think she actually says this is the one that this is the one that died, and he's he mm-hmm. says yes, and she gets angry, grabs all the photos, 
What? And puts them in an incinerator in the hall. First of all, <laughs> what apartment buildings have Wait, incinerators? What? And she says, I don't like things that make you sad. And it's like, okay, what? Lady, you cannot burn his like family photos. He keeps the one of his of his of Gabe and puts it in his wallet, but it's just a really wild thing to to, to do. Huge move by Jesse. Huge. <laughs> oh my God. Jesse coming out swinging. Yeah. Jesse, this is too much. This is a little much, Jesse. Tone it down. <laughs> hey Jesse, could you just could you just turn it down? Just just a bit. <laughs> just a little. Uh then uh we're learning a little bit more about him. He is a, he is now a postal worker. Um and him and Jesse met at the post office. Um, there's just kind of a scene of them at work together. And um then after work, he goes to his chiropractor. The chiropractor's name is Louie. And this is where we're getting. And we're our... told that he's not a doctor. <laughs> he comes in and gives that disclaimer. That's his first line. Yes. Not a doctor. Not, doc- not a doctor. Not Dr. Louie. Just Louie. <laughs> but you can call me Dr. Louie. <laughs> you can but you, can, but you shouldn't. <laughs> Um, but this is where we get our very realistic chiropractor scene it really made me want to go to the chiropractor have you guys ever been no once it scares me thanks it scared me Mm. as well um at first and then i went once and you know when you like overcome a fear and then you like love that fucking thing like that Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That happened to me with um, giving blood as well. I was very scared to give blood. And then once I did it, I was like, oh, that was not so bad. And now I love giving blood. I don't know. I do it's like a, important thing to do. a 180. Um, I can't mm-hmm. do it anymore now because I was in England during mad cow disease and mad cow disease can lay dormant forever. <laughs> so, oh, cool. <laughs> So I stopped. Hope I didn't you don't get that. it. Wow. <laughs> I know, isn't that so? When I found that out, I was so stressed. <laughs> roll the dice. Okay. <laughs> it could lay dormant for like fifty years. I would be like, man, I'm gonna be so mad if I'm like fifty and I all of a sudden have a mad cow disease. That would suck. <laughs> that would fucking suck. That would fucking suck. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Anyway, so the chiropractor's like that for me. Um. And uh, it's clear that he has a close relationship with this chiropractor. And um, after the chiropractor, he is heading home and a car starts following him and then speeding up behind him. And it's clear that this car is like trying to hit him. And he starts doing like zigzags which i feel like must be like a war tactic thing i remember there was a, a big outcry in game of thrones when that one kid didn't zigzag when he was running from someone with a bow and arrow do you guys remember that <laughs> you got a zigzag, you got a zigzag. Also, if you're running from an alligator oh good to know some florida they can tips. only see directly in front of them oh. and i have not verified that it, it could just be total <laughs> bullshit but it, also, it's not very likely that you'd be running away from an alligator on land. They're they're lazy, but mm-hmm. and slow, but zigzag. That's a it's a, a good to know nonetheless. Yeah. Um. But so he is able to dodge them, and he kind of tucks into a corner, and they drive off. And as the car passes him, he sees the faces in the window are not human looking. They're kind of distorted. Uh, featureless almost faces they're very spooky and he is way freaked out um Mm -hmm. and he goes to i think the the va office to see his regular doctor um because he's kind of uh having a bit of a, a freak out and it's clear that he like needs some help needs to talk to someone and he so he goes in to the front desk and says, you know, I'm uh, Jacob Singer. I'm here to see Dr. Whatever. This time a real doctor. And mm. and they say, who's that? We don't we haven't heard. Is he new here? He's like, no, I've been coming here for um, for years. And they're like, OK, what's your name? And he says, Jacob Singer. And she, the receptionist like goes to check the files. She's like, no, sorry, no Jacob Singer here. And he's like, what? Like, what do you mean? Like, that's ridiculous. I've been coming here for like four years uh, regularly. And she 
drops the file and leans down to um, pick it up and her ha- little hat falls off and we see a bone protruding from her scalp. And Ugh. he recoils at this like he's horrified. He doesn't know what the fuck's going on. And he just runs to where he knows the doctor's office is in the building and opens the door. And there's some sort of group therapy session happening in there. None of them are his doctor. And they all turn to him and look mm-hmm. like very sympathetic and it's clear that he's like really, really freaked out. And like the doctor in there like stands up and like slowly approaches him. He's like, it's OK. It's OK. Breathe. It's like, oh, my, it's going to like make me cry. It's just like so sad to have Aww. this like PTSD and like and everyone around oh. being like, oh, very like sympathetic to it. Oh, it was. Yeah, it's 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 very sad. Like he's so freaked out. And this oh. doctor oh. is like, it's OK. It's OK. Like, breathe. Like, let's let's go outside and talk. And he's like, this is my doctor's office. And he's like, oh, is this was this your doctor says whatever the name is, Dr. Charlie or whatever. And Mm -hmm. he says, did nobody tell you he he died last month? And what? And uh, Jacob is obviously very distressed to hear this and um, asks what happened. And the guy says, "You, you know, I'm not really sure. I don't know all the details, but. I know it was a car accident and I think his car exploded and Jacob is very, you know, confused by this, still doesn't know what's going on, what's happening. And, uh, he goes to a party with Jesse that night. They're like at a friend's party and he's like trying to have a good time, but he is still very much, you know, on edge and, at first, he he's like getting a drink and talking to people. Jesse's dancing and a woman comes up to him or there's a palm reader at the party. And someone says like, oh, Jacob, like, go get your palm read. And he sits down with the palm reader and she says, oh, this is so funny. Like your lifeline says you're already dead. And they like laugh about it. <laughs> oh, this is a fun time. We're all having fun. <laughs> <laughs> but he <laughs> but he does kind of laugh it off as a joke and uh heads into the main room of the party where everyone is dancing and kind of the flashing lights and the loudness of the room start to overwhelm him and it becomes this like quick cuts of all of a sudden we're seeing things that don't look human like again there's tentacles And he can't quite make out what's happening, but he's clearly having this like sensory overwhelm where Mm -hmm. he's seeing Jesse dancing and everyone's dancing like really, really sexually all of a sudden. And it's like tentacles and people like grinding on tentacles and he like completely Mm. freaks out and collapses and just starts screaming like in the middle of the party. And uh, Jesse takes him home and the first thing out of her mouth is, God, I've never been so mortified in my life. Like, are you joking me? Like, you just really embarrassed me. <laughs> I'm just like, Jesus oh, Christ, Jesse. Jesse can take a freaking hike. <laughs> Get out of here, Jesse. Tone <laughs> it down. Um, and, but as she is like yelling at him for embarrassing her by having a fucking PTSD f- f- flashback or whatever, he, she notices that he looks obviously bad and puts her hand on his head and takes his temperature. And he has a 106 temperature, which is very dangerous. Jesus. And she calls the doctor. Okay, sorry for yelling. <laughs> <laughs> and they like the doctor tells her like, oh, there's no time for him to come to the hospital. Like you need to get him in an ice bath right now. And I'll come to you. And so she turns into like panic mode and starts like banging on neighbors doors. Like, do you have ice? Do you have ice? And running a cold bath and he's very out of it. And she has to kind of get other neighbors to come in to help her drag him into the bath. And they, they throw him in this cold bath and are dumping ice on him. And he's like screaming and they have to like hold him down. It's like really intense and upsetting. Mm -hmm. And then he, wakes up in another bed with his wife and turns to her and says, Oh, I was just having this, um, having this dream that, uh, 
I was having an affair with a woman named Jezebel and the wife kind of, or at first he calls it a nightmare. And then she kind of like makes a joke like, oh, I thought you said it was a nightmare. It sounds like you had a like beautiful girlfriend and they'd like have a nice relationship. They hug and, and she like cuddles him and, and then in comes little Macaulay Culkin, Gabe, and says, oh, like, God. I just I just had a bad dream. Like, Daddy, can you help me go back to sleep? And it's like this very nice moment uh, that he he gets up. But he just looks so happy. It's so sad. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh it's God. just making me Kill feel me. so fucking sad. But it, oh. yeah, this is clearly... Um, a very happy moment for him. He takes Gabe back to bed, tucks him in, reads him a story and, Mm. and his other two sons are in the room too. And it's like a very picturesque family, um, a little evening. And it's just very clear that he's very happy here. And then he wakes back up in that, in that ice bathtub no no thanks and the doctor is the doctor is there now and he's like oh you like gave us quite a scare there but you're okay you're gonna make it also in here is inner intercut with some of the vietnam flashbacks of him being lifted on in a um helicopter to the medical tent um so presumably right after being stabbed um but then he comes back to the ice bath and he just has this kind of look of like emptiness like he misses his family and mm. <laughs> and then i'm just gonna cry i know i'm, I'm like cry this whole podcast i'm like slightly hung over and i really i'm gonna have to force myself not to cry because if i start then it will never stop we can all just cry the rest of the time this will be the podcast where we all just cry the whole time um and then we see the next day he's gotten a bunch of books on demonology he's gotten a witch's bible he is trying to figure out what the fuck is happening to him because he's seeing things that he says are not human they're like he describes them to Jesse as they're like demons. I don't know what's happening. Jesse's again rolling her eyes at him, being like, "Well, what? Like, what do you think's happening?" Like, and he is very engrossed in the books and kind of ignoring her while she's trying to talk to him about something. And she like gets in his face and says, "Like, hello, is anybody home?" And he sees her with like black eyes and pointy teeth, and he pushes her. Uh, he like gets scared and jumps up and is like, ah, and pushes her back. And she's back to her normal self and is like, fuck you, like, get the fuck out. Or she maybe she leaves. And so they, they have like a, a big fight because obviously, yeah, it's not OK to mm-hmm. put, okay, push yeah. anybody. Jesse, this one you're allowed to react. Yes, to. that was an appropriate reaction. Mm-hmm. Jesse. Yeah. And uh, at that moment, the one of his old platoon mates calls him a man named Paul and says, can we meet? And so they meet at Mm. a bar in town. And this is the guy from, I don't know if you guys ever saw identity, but this actor can do this thing with his Mm -hmm. eyes where they just rapidly shift side to side. And it's so unsettling and so perfect that he is, an actor and i feel like he always plays this kind of role because if you can do this with your eyes why would you not be like a tortured like character because it's just uh he it's it's Whoa. yeah it's a really captivating thing whenever he's in something mm. i'm like ooh, that guy with the with the eye thing <laughs> um and he describes to jacob that he has been seeing demons people something somebody's been following him people, men in cars are following him He's like, I feel like I'm going crazy. And Jacob is obviously very relieved to hear this. He's like, oh, my God, me too. The same thing's happening to me. Like something happened to us. And Mm -hmm. they kind Mm -hmm. of, yeah, get um, some relief in knowing that someone else is going through the same thing. And so they're kind of like, "Okay, we're going to figure this out. And I think they're going to go drive to talk to the other guys that the surviving members of their platoon and mm-hmm. um, so they, they leave 
the bar and Paul gets into his car and Jacob sees a quarter on the ground and stops to pick it up and says, oh, my lucky day and reaches for the quarter. The quarter disappears and he like furrows his brow and realizes something is not right and turns and sees Paul in the car smiling at him. And then the car explodes. Okay, great. And we heard that another doctor's car exploded as well. So now we're realizing somebody's intentionally, you know, putting little bombs in exploding cars cars with people in them. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. But but did Paul smile at him like knowingly or smile at him like innocently? No, innocently. Kind of, I think they I mean? were they're like, oh, we're excited to like go oh. find the answer of what's happening to us. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Jesus. Um, so then at the fu- funeral for Paul, the rest of the platoon mates are there and um some some of them are saying, you know, that was no accident. They're suspicious of what happened and Jacob mentions, you know, we had been talking about how we were seeing things. We were both seeing things and we see kind of looks of recognition come across the other men's faces as well. And seems like they don't really want to talk about it. And Mm -hmm. one of them has like a single tear coming out of his eyes. And it's like, oh, it's going to make me cry again. And I'm just like, it's yeah, it's very sad, but it's clear that something bad happened to all these men in there that someone says, like, what happened to us that day? Like something happened that day and yeah. we need to um, figure it out. So they band together and decide to get a lawyer because they want to f- like confront the army and uh. figure out what happened to them. And the lawyer that they go to is Jason Alexander, a.k.a. George Costanza. Oh, what? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And it's Tim Robbins is six foot five and Jason Alexander is five foot five. So their scenes together are like are he's just Tim Robbins is just huge. It's crazy. I mean, he's bigger than six. Five is very six. Five is very tall. He towers over everybody in this movie. It's it's um Yeah. It just really stands out. <laughs> um, but so they kind of they come to George Costanza and say, we need you to represent us. And he's like, okay. George <laughs> he's like, OK, I'm a- so, uh, wait, I'm also just laughing because Silas kind of looks like George. Costanza. <laughs> 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 he has the same hair pattern. He has the same Aww. hair. <laughs> He just needs glasses and to be like outraged about. <laughs> <laughs> he just needs glasses and to be a little more flustered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's great. Perfect. Funny. I'm picturing. I'm. Halloween's right. coming up. <laughs> no, it's a great idea. <laughs> do you think they make George Costanza costumes for babies? One hundred percent. I'm sure. Oh, they, they do. must. They would be missing out on a huge market huge. if they did it. Yeah. <laughs> If they, if it's not happening, we're doing it because we're going to be so rich. Oh my god! Uh, so uh, the lawyer says he'll look into it, but quickly tell like the next day uh, says he's not doing the case. Tim Robbins goes to confront him about it. Is like mad. Hears that the other men have all also dropped out he gets the impression that someone has intimidated them because he calls them and they're like no like we we can't do this word in over our heads like you should drop it too and Hmm. so he goes to confront the lawyer and um he says that he looked into their platoon and um none of them were ever in battle they were all dishonorably discharged for or something like that like something he's like you lied to me and you this Mm. didn't happen and tim robbins is like no 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 like that's the lie like they're covering something up something did happen but george costanza wants nothing to do with it and (laughs) (laughs) it's like no i'm out of here and as tim robbins is upset kind of on the curb outside of the courthouse or whatever he gets abducted by the men in that same car that was that was chasing him down earlier they pull him in their faces are normal now they look like normal humans and Mm. they are 
just being really aggressive with him, saying, we've been following you, like, you need to keep your mouth shut. And he is able to fight them off. And as they're, like, driving, he gets the door open and jumps out of the car, like, does a little tuck jump. So he's able to get get away from them. But in the jump, he fucks up his back and he can't he can't move. And so he's then just laying on the ground and there's like a Santa Claus that's collecting money. And the Santa Claus uh, takes his wallet from him and he says, no, that has my picture picture of Gabe in it. And it's so sad. (laughs) And he's so sad. No. And then God, eventually somebody finds him and calls an ambulance. He is taken into the hospital. They're being rough with him. He's saying, I'm in pain, like my back, my back. I need my chiropractor. And they're all kind of it's it's like so much commotion. They've got him on a little um, rolling stretcher thing and they're running him into they're like, we got to get you into surgery now. He's like, no, it's like just my back. I just need to to get my chiropractor please and no one's listening to him and he, they're like well what what happened and he's like my wallet my wallet they're like where's your wallet and he's like santa took my wallet and so he's like looking crazy to them but also they're not acting normal either and then they're running alongside of him with the stretcher like running him theoretically to surgery and they just start running him down like levels as if they're like spiraling down and down but it seems like there like shouldn't be this many levels in a hospital and as it goes down the levels get crazier um like all of a sudden there's uh, patients like lying on the floor in the hallways like twitching and then as it gets lower then there's cut off limbs in piles on the floor and like blood and he is seeing all this saying like what's happening what's going on I need to go home. And someone turns to him and says, like, you are home. This is your home. You're dead. And they get him to a lower level, like the bottom level. And they start operating on him. The surgeon doesn't have eyes. And Uh, it's like all very scary. He's so scared. And I think eventually passes out and wakes up. Um, in like a hospital room post-surgery and his chiropractor bursts in, Louis bursts in and says like, what is going on? Like, this is, you guys are, are, what are you doing? Like, this is ridiculous. And basically just takes him out and the nurses are like, you, you can't take him. And he's like, I'm taking him. Louis just pulls Jacob, gets him out of there and takes him straight to do the chiropractic. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. you can't you can't trust doctors you can only trust chiropractors the true doctors mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. the true doctors what do we say feels like you can't really say that <laughs> um and he's jacob's confi- confiding in louis basically just being like i like i don't know what's happening people like said that i was dead like i'm scared i don't know what's going on and I feel like I was just in hell. Like, I'm pretty sure that I was I saw hell. I've see, been seeing demons. And Louis says, um, Eckert saw hell, too. He said, the only thing that burns in hell is the part of you that won't let go of life. Your memories, your attachments, they burn them all away. But they're not punishing you. They're freeing your soul. So if you're frightened of dying and you're holding on, you'll see devils tearing your life away. But if you've made your peace then the devils are really angels freeing you from the earth. And um, Jacob takes this with him. He's kind of mulling this over. He leaves. And as he's in an alleyway, a man runs up to him and says, like, I need to talk to you. And this man, we have seen a few little glimpses of that. He is sometimes like in the bar with Paul. He was he was there watching them like he's been in the background a few times. So we recognize them, recognize him. Um, Jacob recognizes him too. And he says that he was basically a drug dealer and that he got caught. And rather than serving jail time, they offered him to make drugs for the army. And he said he was making acid 
and but they wanted to basically create a form of acid that heightened anger and so he did something to to the drugs that made it bring out people's anger and he said we tested it on monkeys and it was like a hundred percent effective and they gave it to your platoon that day and um it was a hundred percent effective but you all just killed each other whoa and at at this moment we see that um jacob getting stabbed by the bayonet his pov and we see it was one of his platoon mates that stabbed him Oh, Lord. and this is where the 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 title Jacob's Ladder comes from. The the guy that he's talking to called the drug is called the ladder. And he's like, you guys were on the ladder that day. Um, and basically just explains. Yeah. What happened? Answers this mystery. OK, so something did happen. They gave us this drug. This is what happened. And he basically says, like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Like, I've been following you. And I just like had to tell you that's what's that's what's happened. And Mm. Jacob takes this information and kind of slowly walks to an apartment building. And the doorman recognizes him and says, Jacob, I haven't seen you here in a while. Like, is your wife? No, you want me to tell your wife you're coming up? And he's like, no, that's okay." And he goes up to his old house And just Gabe is in there sitting on the stairs. Uh Uh-oh, I'm going to (laughs) cry. Oh, Oh my God. Oh, my God. And, oh, wow, it really got me. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) And he just, like, lays. Oh, Oh, no, no, I can't do it. He, like, lays in Gabe's lap and just cries. And Gabe, like, strokes his head. And then they hold hands and they walk up the stairs together into like bright light. I don't know why I'm crazy. It's because I'm hungover. I'm feeling fragile. (laughs) And they like they like hug and hold each other and walk into the into the light. And then we cut to back in um, 19 back in 1971 in the triage tent and two doctors over Jacob's body saying like time of death this time, whatever. And they turn to each other and say like, he put up quite a fight, put up quite a fight, but he did look peaceful in the end. And that's the end of the movie. Holy fucking shit. (laughs) Holy (sighs) shit. Yeah. It's really sad, but I mean, it's really good. I really loved it. But wowie. Really, whoo! Really got me good. It was. It was at least like a beautiful ending. Like yeah, nice. like I wasn't at least expecting it was that. like a wow. It, it was a. It was like a, a a good kind of happy ending. Yeah. He literally was actually in hell the whole right. time. Who it knew? was like him like going through his attachments to life, and he's got to. He's got to um. Like. Let, let go, go of them. to be able to pass on. Yeah, I yeah, I I really liked it. And Woo. the fact that his girlfriend was literally named Jezebel. I mean, I guess we should have seen that coming. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jezzy. Yeah, so and that's when I said Jezzy. I knew the ending. I like I knew he was dead the whole time. That's that's the only that's thing the I knew about knew. it because mm-hmm. I feel like people refer to it as like I, I don't know, I feel like I've in other movies just like where sort so- of become like mm-hmm. a trope. Yeah, in other movies where anyone is dead the whole time, it's like, oh, just like Jacob's Ladder. So I had like heard that being referred to that way. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. What a wow. beautiful, beautiful story. It's a, I'm like, it's a need to mull that over for a second. Yeah. Yeah. I would mm. say you guys probably should not watch it. Oh, also, I was texting my friend Josh right before I watched it. He said he saw this movie when he was seven. <laughs> oh, no. And every t- every like, no. moment, I was like, Josh, this movie is not for seven year olds. Uh-uh. 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 This would ruin me for the rest of my life. Was he traumatized? No, I guess not. No, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he must not have been paying attention. I mean, you know how seven-year-olds watch movies. You're just like you're in and out. <laughs> yeah, you're, I don't know, man. Yeah, you yeah, said yeah, there was totally, a place totally. where there were a bunch of limbs sitting around in a pile. Yeah, like, I feel true. like it's pretty hard to not see that. That's true. Wow, we. Um, I, I, I forgot to say that there's like some closing text that does mention that there that there are. 
I don't know if there's proof, but that it is believed that they did do drug testing on soldiers during Vietnam, like LSD. Vietnam. I feel like I've heard that. Yeah, yeah they did. They used uh, psychedelics mm-hmm. um, on soldiers. Yeah. Did they? Did they actually? That is because Vietnam is already so scary right. to me. It's so the fact up. that they did it. They had that's horrifying. That's horrifying. If that's true. So this trivia said the closing legend of the film mentions the testing of a drug named BZ in Vietnam. BZ is NATO code for a hallucinogen called I'm not going to be able to pronounce that, but the full name of it, which was rumored to have been administered to U.S. troops during the Vietnam War in an attempt to increase their combat abilities, which is like insane to think that a hallucinogenic would increase your abilities to do anything like what? No, 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 no. But yeah, no. it's very fucked up. But th- that is um part of yeah what this was based on. Did any did anyone watch the Ken Burns documentary on? No, the but I've War? heard that I should because of I've what is it obsessed? Didn't she Mary Beth Barone talk about? Yes, it? Mary Beth Barone. <laughs> Mary Beth Barone did talk about <laughs> it. Um, I when it came out, I watched the first episode, and it was just it was it too hard to watch only because. The reason why we even entered the war is because everyone was made terrible decisions. Right. It's just like everyone made really stupid, bad decisions. And there was no reason for this war to happen at all. And like just the fact that that's so patently obvious from oh. the beginning, I was like, I don't know if I can watch like 30 more episodes about all the destruction and like terrible, horrific consequences of like these insanely stupid decisions people made like i can't Oof, yeah, i don't know if yeah, i have the stomach for it right now yeah i mean it's truly like the most horrifying thing in life yeah war is very scary <sighs> the draft is very scary um sammy thank you i feel like you like even though that movie was really fucked up and it was very emotional i think it was like a pretty honestly like painless retelling like i feel like it could have been worse i mean you know i i really i really liked it and i'm very glad to have seen it and yeah it's one of those Mm -hmm. movies that everyone has heard of but i don't know that i would ever have like been like i'm gonna watch jacob's ladder today had it not been for this podcast so (laughs) I'm glad. I'm glad that I can. There we go. Glad that I can finally see it. Wow. There we go. A movie about how chiropractors are the true heroes. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> like it's genuinely though. Like the chiropractor was like God. In I'm this not movie. saying they can't be good people. <laughs> yeah, they're just not doctors, they're Emily. Just we not fucking get it. Doctors. We get it. Look, I'm not a medical doctor. It's fine. It's fine to not be a doctor. Are they like on par with an acupuncturist? Or a masseuse? I have no idea. Where do we rank them? Which one's hardest? Mm. I feel like chiropractic. Which one's hardest? <laughs> <laughs> Is that what we're ranking? <laughs> I feel like chiropractic chiropracti would be the hardest one. Mm-hmm. Probably the most training. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe acupuncture. I, I think maybe I would put it in, on par with acupuncture because, like, you got to know where you're putting those needles. Yeah, that's true. But you also, you really got to know where you're, you know, fucking with that spine. Cracking the back. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's bad. That could that could cause some real damage. That's why it scares me. It is. Mm-hmm. It's scary, but I don't want people touching my spine. Feels really good when they do it right, though. I bet it does. I bet it does. It does feel really good. You just got to go to Sammy's chiropractor. Nah, I won't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> No, it's not for me. Fine. I respect the choice in others. Thank you for respecting my choice. Mm, Yeah, I respect (laughs) Um, Okay, and yeah, I feel like I forgot to mention also that this week was supposed to be the Night House, and I just missed the boat because it was not in theaters anymore. So we'll do the Night House eventually. Oh, wow. That's a quick in and out. Yeah, it's like in some, but they're very far away. And I was like, I'm not driving like 45 minutes to, to, to do that. I'll watch something on Hulu. Um, But lots of exciting new releases coming next month. Spooky season. Oh, yeah. This will be our last September episode. Next episode, we'll all be dressed in costume for 31 days straight. Dressed as George Costanza. 31 days straight. (laughs) Yep. Dressed as George Costanza. 31 days of George Costanza. 31 days of George Costanza. Or we can all dress like mm, Silas. 
Mm -hmm. That's a great idea. (laughs) 31 Days of Silas. No, seriously, though, we do need to start brainstorming our Halloween costumes. Yeah, it's crucial. Because I don't know how to beat... I don't know how to beat Sammy's costume last year. It was really fucking what good. What was I? So you were um, the cult leader. What's his name? <laughs> oh, his name. Neary. Neary. <laughs> it was really good. Oh, man. Really good. You looked just like him. You guys were like twins. I looked it too was... much like him. It scared me to look in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It was scary all day. Wait, Emily, what were you last year? I was Robert Pattinson in his sweatsuit. Oh, you were so good. Yeah, that was good. Damn it. You were so good. So comfortable. I wasn't Let me tell you what. Listeners, tell us what you're going to be for Halloween this year. I mm-hmm. love Halloween. Mm-hmm. I do too. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. And we love you all. And mm-hmm. we love, you, we love you so much. Oh, yeah. No voices. No voices. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, it's just, all right. Well. We're, it's just a gentle goodbye because this, this was a sad one. So just a nice, a nice, mm-hmm. you know, we love you. Um, uh, yeah. And from all of us here at Too Scared to Watch, goodbye. 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 Thanks for listening to another episode of Too Scary Didn't Watch. I'm here to remind you to head on over to Apple Podcasts where you can rate, review, and subscribe if you had as much fun as we did. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at TSDW Podcast, although admittedly not as great about updating our Twitter as we are on our Instagram. Um, We are also on Patreon at patreon.com slash TSDW Podcast. You can sign up for access to things like bonus episodes, bingo cards, send in suggestions, all that type thing uh i think that's it except for the fact that we love you forever and ever and ever and ever and ever okay see you next week